Hello and welcome back to Podcasting as Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are also he and him. And holy shit, we got that in one, which is a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of those rare occasions where we are just in a dead hurry to get to the fucking content, because rarely is it ever this fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, we're coming to you live from Rapture tonight, at least in spirit, because uh, <laughs> let's just fire, let's fire into it. Uh, our first story tonight. Um, there's some lads somewhere in the sea, maybe. We're not sure. I mean, we're pretty sure they're in the fucking sea. <laughs> they're in the sea yeah, in the, some form, yeah. The question is where? Solid liquid, we just don't know. <laughs> yeah, finally once again proving the, th- <laughs> the theory that it is better where it's wetter. <laughs> so for anyone so for anyone who is literally living on the bottom of the sea and doesn't know this story uh yeah so there was a submarine tour to the wreck of the titanic uh and we have been learning a lot about the submarine tour because it had four billion well no what was it two billionaires and uh one billionaire's heir one very rich person and what can only be described as someone who failed at being Elon Musk driving the damn thing, uh, in a custom-made submarine. I don't know what you're talking about, James. It seems like he's doing a great job to me. Yeah. (laughs) If anything, this is what Elon Musk should be aspiring to. Yeah, very efficient, uh, highly effective in one particular metric. We should be hailing him as a comrade. Mm. The uh, the submarine tour, which is, uh, just to stress this, that if it is down at the wreck of the Titanic, that is lower than pretty much almost any submersible in the face of the earth can actually go um we'll get to, to we'll get to the one that can be the, the one they fear in a minute um <laughs> and it's potentially beyond beyond rescue range at present um yeah no they've gone missing uh, they went down and we have just been finding out in like slow drips yeah. exactly just how fucked they are and it is amazing in, in a rare turn of events uh you know they have been fucking around and we have been finding out and it's been a good day it's so good. <laughs> yeah we've been finding out things like for example at time of recording they have less than 40 hours of oxygen remaining but they have got an mp3 player that's very important. It does have like the mixes were made by the captain, and that's also very important. Hey, do you think he's got? Do you think he's got the violin performance from the Titanic there for like, some for poignancy? You know, no, it's the most 100%. intolerable prog you've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, like the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi is out because they were using Elon Musk's internet. And, uh, <laughs> that's not, not a genuinely, joke. yeah, not a joke. genuinely. I hope someone had the foresight to download the Thunderbirds theme before they got stuck. <laughs> the Thunderbirds team and the phone number. Imagine dying in a slowly crushing can of coke and the only music accompaniment that you have is that Enforced U2 album that they jacked on everybody's iPhone without asking. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is as well, though, when I mentioned the Thunderbirds there, it's like everyone owes Jeff Tracy an apology because for decades everyone mocked him like, what the fuck use is Thunderbird for? But now someone actually needs to dig a mass grave at the bottom of the ocean and a little yellow submarine bulldozer is the perfect fucking thing for the job. That's foresight, that. This is a, is a Thunderbird 4 stand podcast. Unironically, <laughs> yes. Let's go. Um, so, so listener, just to kind of describe the dimensions of this problem to you, quite literally, um, the ocean's big. It's really, really big. 
yeah. and the Coke can yeah, is well, very, very small. Very, <laughs> yeah, actually, okay, fair. Um, so the submersible they made, which is it's not a proper submarine, it's called a submersible, because it doesn't have all the features that a submarine should have in order to qualify as a submarine, and we'll get to that. Um, it is, For example, doors that open. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, I mean, the, if this failed at all, I reckon the toilet fell off. Because <laughs> <laughs> the little bit with the window and the fucking and the shitter in is is the door that they have to weld shut or whatever. So if if it failed at any point, it was probably that. Some yeah, guy so like just the... like some guy sat down too hard on the toilet and just broke the front off the fucking thing. <laughs> so to kind of explain this for for people's benefit, um, think of like almost like a can of coke, like David and and, and Rob have said tonight, um, and. The, the frame of it is made from like a five inch thick custom like carbon uh, fiber frame, which was apparently joint designed with NASA. Bullshit, don't believe it for a second. But it's for one part of it that's like precision manufactured, and it has like a hatch at one end that can swing open, and which that has, has a the, toilet in it. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to that, and that's got the viewing port in it, the one sole viewing port that's actually you can look out yeah. the window. Yeah, and you see. Have to look imagine the toilet. Imagine you were sitting on the toilet watching like the window in front of you crack. At the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Just desperately trying to finish quickly so you can get back behind the curtain. <laughs> Jamie, at least they'll have a curtain to cover over the crack so they don't have to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Pay no attention to the pinging in the background. It's not sonar. Anyway, the um, the end of this thing has the one window in it, and that's the thing that they open and close. Now, feature number one. They can't open it from the inside. It has to be sealed from outside, which means that if they have somehow turned up somewhere on the surface, they still might fucking suffocate to death because they can't open the end of the submarine to let in it, the submersible, excuse me, to let in air. Feature yeah, number don't two. Don't libel the fucking submersible, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't have the valor of a submarine, as far as I'm concerned. So, well, actually, it's it a shit. If it submarines in its submarines are a fucking idiot contraption anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if it succeeds in its objective, I will acknowledge it as a submarine, the only good one. Anyway, um, so feature number two is, as Jamie has said, right in front of that viewing port, the sole viewing port, is the toilet, which is basically a bucket. It's a fucking bucket built into like a little ledge. And that's it. There's a curtain that goes around it, and there's also a speaker over it that allows you to play like mad dubs and tunes so that people can't hear you play, farting. Play your fucking personal shitting playlist. <laughs> <laughs> fucking settling down right of the Valkyries in a newspaper. <laughs> now this whole space is enough that five adults can fit in there kind of cramped. So it's like, well, uh, like 12 feet, I think is what I saw in terms of actual movable space. So uh, it's, about, let's be like, it's about the length of a minibus, apparently. Mm, not according to van is what I saw. Yeah, minivan, I could believe, looking at the photos. But the key thing is... is small. A fucking mystery machine, but for fucking idiots who decided to seal themselves in their own Yeah, it's basically like, what if you, of four of the worst people in the fucking universe, sat on a bunk bed, but like 50,000 feet below the sea level, and then just, you know, shat in a bucket together. It's... I can only... Hey, gang, before we die, let's see who the villain was all along. Oh my god, it's old man Hubris. Who could have seen this coming? Um, Wow, you mean I get to shit in this bucket for a mere $250,000? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's so that's the, the usual. Thing. It's the usual billionaire thing where they like they just assume that like you know what I mean. Laws don't apply to them, mm. whether those laws are like man-made or natural. <laughs> so you live your so, entire life without consequences, and then think it's fine to get in a fucking bin and like drop to the bottom <laughs> of the ocean while listening to Celine fucking Dion. 
<laughs> as funny as we think this is, imagine how funny Sherpas are finding this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing that's worth pointing out is that the, the only other feed they've got is from cameras, which are spread about. And the only propulsion is from a very weird do-it-yourself system, which is powered by, and we really kid you not, a fucking video game controller. <laughs> a powered by, it's controlled by. Yeah. Well, no, see, that video game controller has batteries. Yeah, but it's not powering the fucking propulsion, though, is it? No. Oh, Presumably right, okay. they've got some kind of stupid fucking battery that's failed on them. Well, supposedly they have more than one controller and they share controllers to, so everyone it gets is, a drive um, of a thing. <clears throat> right, so two things. First off, it's um, it's a little Logitech knockoff controller, which is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Like It might as well be a fucking Mad Cat's job. Um, <laughs> secondly, it's powered not through like a USB charging internal, it's, it's double A's. It's powered yeah. double A's. And they get about six hours of use out of the thing at a time. Yes. So, so, oh no, I trapped fun. on the doomed submarine because I didn't bring enough double A batteries. Yeah, they took the wrong yeah. batteries down. I mean, that yeah, kind of like that happens. Desperately trying to watch old episodes of MacGyver over the text message like connection that they've got <laughs> to the surface. <laughs> so, as you're as you're probably getting from this by now, the only part of this which is like you know seriously well made is the actual frame of the thing. Everything else is do it yourself off the shelf, including the ballast. This is brilliant. The ballast consists of just like tanks which are like held under the sides of the submarine by these like little like ledges, um, which are just like you know riveted metal. And the way they get rid of the ballast in order to start going down is everyone in the submarine has to lean to one side and then lean to the other <laughs> to force these to roll off. No fucking way. This yeah. is true. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Joe finally coming very, in good. Now everybody lean left, lean right. <laughs> it's a very high-tech <laughs> You just don't understand how high-tech it is. It's so high-tech, it's so high-tech that, um, you know, it know, it knows where it isn't because it never knows where it is, is the only way to describe it. It has, it has no navigation facilities whatsoever. Um, nor is it in any way, shape, or form tethered to the ship that's above the water. Instead, it receives text message updates from the ship, basically meant to be saying left a bit, right a bit, down a bit, yeah. you know? Right at the next barnacle. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> that's how it navigates. It's got no built-in real navigation system. It's just got text updates from the surface. What does, I mean, what, what exactly fucking are they going to send over that text system? Like, just up, down... You're fucked, lol. Like, what? What is going on? Yeah, I mean, just little di- like little fucking. You know the special moves list in Tekken. They just get that. that they have to do it all to guide themselves to the Titanic. <laughs> They've crashed because the because the pilot can't do quarter circle forward. <laughs> so the other thing, oh. the other thing is that they need, no they need a submarine with modern controls, like in Street Fighter Six. <laughs> What what adds to it even further is that they also don't have GPS. No GPS on the thing whatsoever. It's wholly dependent upon the ship, and the ship manages to work out its position and get its data from Elon Musk Starlink, as has previously been said. That notoriously, like, you know, fail-safe technology that's not going to cut them off at any point. The technology um, that uh, turns off if it gets too hot, too cold, too wet. Mm-hmm. That technology is presumably killed who knows how many fucking troops in both like the Russian and Ukrainian sides in that war because they're both using the shit system. Yep. It keeps and keeps failing on them at the worst times. 
it, it goes down whenever the stars are not right, basically. Um, it, is, it is fantastic. And so well, this I, is, this I is would what argue we're that it, it has profoundly, the stars have profoundly aligned with this one, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> well, what's, what's particularly, like I mentioned it in passing, but there's no tether to the above ship whatsoever. Now, this one actually makes a slight bit of sense because it's so fucking deep that no tether would last all the way down. So that's, like, fair enough. But there's no, like, serious comms, there's no buoy system, there is no tracker on the sub itself, no distress signal, nothing. So well, because couldn't... nothing would ever go, nothing's ever yeah. gone wrong for them in their entire lives, why would they assume it would start <laughs> yeah. now? Why, why would this time be different? <laughs> what they should have done, though, if, if it's too deep for a tether, is just had another shit submarine, like, go halfway yeah, can... and then tether that one to this. I mean, in in theory, it's supposed right. So suppose dragging like twenty odd billionaires in metal cans behind the boat like a string of anal beads. <laughs> Supposedly, there's like engineering challenges with this, but fucking put them aside. I'm sure Elon will be along with the yeah. The engineering challenges are we don't want to pay an engineer. Yeah, basically. So. Um, and this leads to a great scenario, which is that they could actually have had problems, lost their connection to the boat, uh, the metaphorical connection, surfaced somewhere, and they're just bobbing around somewhere on the surface, uh, unable Boring. to open the door to get, hope like, not. you know, air in. Yeah, they're, they're, sent, they're frantically sending from the boat, you up? <laughs> <laughs> also, the, uh, the more entertaining scenario is that they are on the bottom there, they are still alive, and only one man can save them. I shit you not, it's Gabe fucking Newell. He's too, Gabe... he's too busy working on Half-Life 3 to rescue him, though, so they're just going to have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll be waiting a long time, fortunately, because the thing here is Gabe Newell owns a company, the one company in the world, that has another submersible that can get down to that depth. Uh, James Cameron doesn't have one anymore, supposedly. So Does, that's it. I mean, yeah, but sorry, kick just uh, just out of pure curiosity, because you know now we're getting into like uh, uh, it, it rescue scenarios in the deeps. Because like the idiot submarine, the, the idiot coke can can only be opened like from the outside. So presumably, whoever's in like the Half Life Seven uh, machine has to like make its way <laughs> all the way down there and then like step out to like open the door for these fucking idiots. Like, how does that work? Oh, no, because that oh, would no. kill them instantly. That okay, would just well, fucking do that then. <laughs> well, nobody listens yeah. to people have good ideas. The only way, like, if they are stuck on the bottom and alive, then the only way this could work can't really work. They'd have to build, like, a custom ballast machine that could so, survive no. the descent and then <clears> it's, wrap it's it It's less complicated it. than that. So there's already a rig on this sub anyway that it could be... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it could be just pulled up. Um, so long as uh, the the vessel used to actually go and ruin all of this funny, funny stuff um, has, like, arms to manipulate, basically. So it, it's mm. not out the realms of normality for these kind of things to happen. And what, they are, should, like, what they should just as, do... As much as, is hang, get on, a, as, a, hang on, hang on. As much as Gabe Newell's got, like, one thing that could go down and have a person in it, it's very easy to just send a fucking submersible that is remote-operated, which is what I think a French team are on the way to do just now. Interesting. What they should do, though, is just get, like, a ship that lays undersea cables and just put a magnet on the end of the cable and just, like, go backwards <laughs> and forwards over the Titanic wreck till they manage to hook them and then win a goldfish. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I just hope that whatever they send down there, try and get these fucking pricks back up. It's like, I mean, it's dark down there, right? This thing's got no like, 
means of communication other than its physical None. presence, right? Nope, nothing, no signal. <laughs> we're all making, nothing. we're all making some severe assumptions that the thing hasn't already imploded. Oh, that, I mean, that, surely it was something would have. Well, maybe not actually. I was thinking maybe so, it would have surfaced, like, but the fact that, that it's depth. got. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, the parts of the Titanic haven't so like. Well, I mean, people are lighter than the Titanic, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but they're not exactly going to be people if that explodes. Yeah. As you put it earlier, David, comrade that will pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. So this is this is the story of a moment, the thing that we've all been enjoying today. Um and yeah, I don't know, has anyone got anything else they want to add on this oh, one? Cause... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every article that you read about this, um, like when they go over all the here's all the things that it doesn't have but probably should, they all have like an obligatory but we do kinda have to hand it to them paragraph describing the um <laughs> the structural integrity system they've got. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing's got a bunch of sensors around it that do real-time monitoring to like identify any issues around structural integrity. Yeah, baby, so this, if part this of it starts so to many fail, billionaires in it. <laughs> <laughs> if any one particular part of the hull begins to fail, they actually know which section of it is failing, so they would all have time to turn and look at it. Before it caved in, which is even funnier. Could could they not like all roll to the other side of the of the coke can and like avert disaster that way? Because apparently that's the thing that's necessary. Maybe maybe they can all just like crawl in one direction and just let it spin up the way. I mean, it, it, there is another possibility. This is a uh, in, an article uh, that was just gone up in uh, the New Republic. Uh, apparently, like uh, there there have been lawsuits in two thousand. What does Star Wars have to say about it? Uh, uh, in two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that like a former Ocean Gate, uh, that's the company that built the Coke can, um, uh, like it's sued. Yeah, because Ocean that... Ocean's Gate cult. <laughs> <laughs> Ocean's uh, eleven atmospheres. <laughs> so yeah, part of the the thing that I've got wrong is the uh, the, 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 the the shitting throne viewing portal. Uh, this is from the article. <laughs> the viewport at the at the forward of the submersible was only built to certified pressure of one thousand three hundred meters. Although Ocean Gate, the Ocean Gate cult intended what? to take passengers down t- to depths of more than four thousand meters. <laughs> mm. Mm. This is also the sub itself is rated to four thousand. Like it cannot be stressed enough (laughs) that this whole vessel was not like certified by like any uh, insurance company or anybody, Uh, and that was basically because the guy who ran it, like who's uh, now also basically like a a human sardine, um, (laughs) said, "Well, you know, sorry, but like basically, like he just said, uh, safety and procedure are, you know." Uh, not for cool craft like ours because we move fast and break things like you know basic safety engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the fuck is going through this guy's head to take something rated for thirteen hundred meters and then just going, well, that sounds like bullshit, and just tripling that and the, thinking, yeah, the Titanic, the Titanic the, uh, wreck is at like three thousand seven hundred meters, I think. So they won't they won't go over the four thousand that it's rated for. Well, the rest of it, the main hull rated for four thousand. Obviously, if the fucking porthole's not, then womp womp. W- mm. When was that installed? Was that installed before this mission? Because if so, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they they had the other some thing, like they had some success like successful uh, voyages. They have done last it. year. This didn't is they? the fifth mission, I think. So there was yeah. like I, I seen um like video of that fucking the British Bowie um 
signing his name on a little flag that just had Mission V on it, which is like, you know, that's, that's not many. That's not a lot of tests. Mission, mission like, V yeah. is that's like that's like a '90s American comedy about some prick losing his virginity. <laughs> the um the fucking uh French one that they're sending down, uh the 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 unmanned one is called Victor Six Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so that, Cousins wants removed to add two oh nine, is it? <laughs> um the other thing as well about the the safety and, and like the insurance and stuff, everyone who goes down on this has to sign a thing saying you might die and you need to be okay with that. So they all have actually fully read a thing and that says that and signed it. So that's funny. Um, and the other thing well, as well is you always like, scroll to the end of those things, so like you know. <laughs> did you did you see the um, did you see their like uh, pitch video? Yes, it is yeah. incredibly good. Right, so part of that describes how this is. Um, you're not just going down to see things; you'll be part of the crew. You'll you'll be a mission oh, specialist, yeah. which is basically code for that's the name of the Patreon tier that we picked, and yeah. that's what you are now. <laughs> it's very good. Um, but like they fully expect everyone to be doing things on the sub and on the boat before the sub goes down and at the other end of it as well. Um, so you're basically paying £250,000 to go and supply labour to this weird CEO guy. Um, but obviously this this also involves people actually using the, the fucking Logitech controller to steal the sub. <laughs> That's why it's Bluetooth, so they can pass it around. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> They had a guy who was like director of marine operations and was responsible for the the safety of everything, and they fired him for like not greenlighting all of the tests. Lovely. Like they they hired a guy to go, is this safe? And he went no, and they went, well, you're fucking bin, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's I seen like three separate um, Glassdoor reviews of it, and like. <laughs> Two of them, I think, were, were straight up like, oh, yeah, um, management will not listen. Um, there are concerns. The pay is terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, oh, the perfect fucking recipe for an absolute dog shit disaster. Do we want to talk about Blink-182 while we're on? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, before we get into Blink-182, because we will talk about that, we should talk about who's actually on it, like who the physical persons are. We've got chief executive and founder of Ocean Gate Expeditions, who's called Stockton Rush. Uh, we've got a French submersible pilot, Paul Henry Nargolo. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. You're, you're absolutely not. Excellent. Moving on. <laughs> and then finally... Oh, no, no, no. You can't move on. He's also known as Mr. Titanic. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Surely Monsieur Titanic is better in this particular case, but sure, I'll take <laughs> Pakistan businessman uh, Shahazda Dawood is on there, along with his son Suleiman. Um, now, this guy, my understanding is that he basically made his billions by essentially organizing private jets for the Saudi royal family, among other no, things. No, that's the no, other that's guy. That British British guy. guy. Oh, that, oh yeah, is that the other guy? That's this the guy. Is, guy. This guy's this... the oil industry and sweatshops, I think. Yes, bang- oil Excellent. industry and Bangladeshi sweatshops. You know, once again, couldn't have happened to a nicer bunch of cunts. Mm. Uh, and like like I said, the order of operations matters here because depending on which order they go out, technically it might yeah, be three billionaires Yeah, depending on which way the pressure two. wave goes. Mm. Um, and then finally, because every story like this needs fucked British vibes, British billionaire Hamish Harding, who, as I just fucked up and said... Big uh, Hammy Hardon. 
Yeah, he's the guy <laughs> who made his millions organizing private jets. So there's like there's, he there's organized, like a he, organized he, he he set up regular uh, commercial flights, like business class flights to the Antarctic. Just if oh, you yeah. really needed a fucking on the nose like metaphor for damage the damage that he's doing to the climate yeah he was he was sending jets to the antarctic on a he made a base. literal like private jet runway on a glacier in antarctica and like if that doesn't mm -hmm. you know get you gets you killed then f i don't know what the fuck it does like seriously yeah well you know what i mean the oceans are having their revenge we we will see how this unfolds i am i'm hoping that they get to send their French, like, you know, recovery crew down to have a look at this and they confirm the kill, if you will. But uh, there, is, <laughs> there is always the chance that they're just hopelessly lost in the surface and we find them six <laughs> the, weeks later. That, that French thing surfaces and just yells, Garanga. <laughs> <laughs> One but last yeah. message from the submarine. To shreds, you say. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so that's the that's the story very much of a moment. But continuing with tonight's special theme of dipshit who gets in too deep, um, can we talk about landlords for a second? Because you should feel very sorry for them today. Uh, oh, again, the interest rate. <sighs> yeah, yeah. The Are they trapped in a fucking submarine? Yes, the submarine is called Britain, and it is going down, baby. Uh, interest rates they are on underwater, mortgages. if you will. Yes, exactly, hey. Alistair. You got there ahead of me. The uh, the interest rates in the UK are up six percent and rising and this is the point where we start entering what's known as the landlord cool zone where they all start jumping out of buildings because they can't afford their property portfolios anymore that'd be nice yeah yeah i mean i don't no, know actually, what this david, because the economy isn't real david like you you say that like that would be nice but look what, what you failed to take into account is if a landlord vanishes the houses vanish along with them so like it's it's you know we have to keep these people around but don't worry cometh the you know moment cometh the hour cometh the man cometh the party because we have a savior riding in swooping in if you will on a yellow bird to solve this problem because the lib dems have been urging the, the uk government to help mm, they are going to help mortgage holders they say or at least they should um they, their their leader uh actually pop quiz who's the leader of the lib dems go Big Bird. Nick Clegg. <laughs> Is it the guy piloting that little fucking submarine? <laughs> <laughs> They've gone all the way down to the Titanic, like paint, paint it blue and then crash the yellow submarine through the side of it. <laughs> I mean, he is about as hopeless right now, but nope. Oh. It is Sir Ed Davy. Um, you know, because oh, right. okay, the way the way you asked that question kind of implied that they changed leaders again, but well, it's just like no one can remember him is a thing. So weirdly, um, I could. I didn't know okay. he was a sir, but well, it makes sense. Like he's a fucking twat, any. He? Yeah. <laughs> oh, me the Lib Dem is a very cursed vibe. I'm curious to see where we're going to ring the comedy out of the Lib Dems, because I think the last time we tried this about 5,000 episodes ago, <laughs> it was fucking it stellar. It's not, so much, it's not so much the Lib Dems per se, it's, it's the fact that company insolvencies have jumped 40% with the rate rises, and the only people who are talking about this are the fucking Lib Dems. Uh, they're the only ones who are begging the government for some kind of intervention, uh, which is how you know landlords are truly totally fucked. So... 
enjoy that. Um, you know, the as as Alistair said, the mortgage market is completely underwater at this point and just heading even further south. Well, yeah, we have to get a d inflation under control, and like, if if if, the, if we have to burn the country down to do it, by God, that's what we'll do. Yeah, I mean, as as we have learned on this podcast over many many years, the only thing that causes uh, interest rates to rise is a uh, wage price spiral. As we all know, we've all received our 20% pay rises in uh, the start of the year. So uh, it's only right that we should be punished for that. Yeah, absolutely. Have we tried, um, have we tried putting the economy underwater? Um, I, hear, I hear that's got a, a non-inflationary effect. Well, we can start with a few billions and then uh, we'll see how we go. Well, speaking of wage price spirals and people who absolutely don't deserve the money they've been making, I'd like to turn now to another guy who got in a little bit out of his depth. I'd like to talk about the mysterious case of an Italian gentleman who managed to swindle both the EU oh, and this the guy. Bank of Italy. Oh, yes. this is this man is my uh, my fucking hero. Like, uh, yeah, just... if, ha if Hal from uh, Malcolm in the Middle worked for the EU, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, you might realize, Alistair. So, um, for legal reasons. No one can name this guy. He is just known by the initial G because he is the fucking OG as far as I'm concerned when you hear what he got up to. Um, it's Gino DeCampo. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is like, is just, yeah, this is the life we should all inspire to, aspire to, quite yeah, frankly. G, yeah, G for goated, okay? Because this guy was a Bank of Italy economist um, and for a little while... Um, from 2009 to 2012, um, managed to swindle both the Bank of Italy and the European Economic and Social Committee yeah. to, the oh. tune, to, to the tune of €234,394.06, you know, essentially. Um, and he did it with the world's most comically simplistic scheme that involved, at least in part, sleeping in his office. And cl then claiming expenses. Not just on, sleeping like, in his office. The, the shit, this is so fucking good. I'm sorry, just some details of this. I just, this is such a magical story and I love every single fucking bit of it. Right. So he, he works for the Bank of Italy and then he gets seconded to the uh, uh, EESC, which is basically like the vestigial tail of the European Union. Like it's a building full of people mm -hmm. that has no fucking purpose whatsoever, but we can't get rid of it. Yes. So it's still around. And what he did yep. is he didn't just like, sleep in his office and lock the door what he did is he put like an actual two-person mattress in his office and most of his like personal effects and then like double bolted the door so nobody would steal his shit when he, when he left the building <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime he, he also... just claimed like rent on like an apartment in venice an apartment in brussels and somewhere else and everybody just paid him out what a fucking king <laughs> He also he also put in more overtime than is humanly possible <laughs> in a given period. Uh, not as in like not as in like oh no one could stay awake that long, but as in there's physically not enough hours uh, to make it up. And yeah, I mean it was it was like he was working overtime for longer than the business. Well, the the the, the office was open. Yeah, like just physically impossible to do among other things. Um, there was one week, where it was one week, where over a three-day period, he charged 94 hours of overtime. <laughs> Ta-da! Um, but yeah, so, so so this guy, like, you know, he goes on secondment um, from the Bank of Italy, and he just, he immediately saw there was an opportunity. He realised he was in, as Rob said, a building that shouldn't exist, the vestigial kind of runt rear end of the EU, the thing that preceded the EU and got superseded by the EU, but still hangs around. And he looked at it, and he looked at the... 
claiming on expenses that they permitted, and he looked at the claiming of expenses in the Bank of Italy, and he realised everyone was asleep at the fucking wheel, and no one would catch him. And so he just started putting in as many expenses as he possibly fucking could. And what's brilliant about this is he could have got away with it if it hadn't been for the sleeping at the office part. That's the part <laughs> that actually made people curious. If the guy had, like, you know, got a shitty hole in the wall somewhere that, you know, um, he'd paid out of his own pocket for and he'd gone to that each night, they'd have never caught him because they didn't bother. It was only when someone's like, hey, he seems to be living in his office. Uh, is he all right? And then someone actually paid attention. That's what actually sunk him. At least we, we, we think that's the whole story because there's, a, there's another thread to this, which is that, unfortunately, this man has not had his day in court. I mean, the court has met, it's decided his fate, um, and, you know, he's done, but the guy just didn't bother to show up for court at all. He just King. didn't bother. Yeah, he just, he's like, just, <laughs> he's just, <laughs> he's just like, no, I'm just fucking off. <laughs> but, but like I said, G <laughs> forgotted. The guy was like, nah, fuck that noise. Um, and so they've ordered him to repay some of what he got. They've ordered him to repay like 150000 of it, and that's all. And, uh... He's just nowhere to be found. They've convicted him in absentia. Um, he could be on the lam. He could be dead. No one's got any idea where this dude is, and he just oh, hasn't. I'm, I'm hearing this coming over over a very short text message. Uh, he's actually yeah. on that submarine. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, why. That's why he needed all the money to get his ticket. Yeah, that's why. Curious. It's almost two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, in terms of just other things he built from, like, he also billed 11,192 euros for the transfer of household goods from Brussels to his property in Venice. Uh, didn't exist. Um, and 64,898 in allowances for fabricated accommodation. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just absolute nuts. And, I uh, love him. Off to this I guy. love him. He's my friend. <laughs> G, I hope wherever you are, you are living your life to the best of your fucking place. It's too good. <laughs> what was great is that they, they moved him on from the European bit, um, and he then just continued defrauding the Bank of Italy, and he claimed a further €5,445.76 in wages, despite being unjustifiably absent from work between November and January uh, 2013 to 2014. Uh, just like, just absolutely, the guy's like, gives no fucks. The guy realised his life was pointless, and he just, he just checked out. He said no, he opted out of a raw deal and decided to get paid while he did it. And, you know, who can fault him? Who can fault him? Wherever it's he is... It's not like a, a Spanish civil servant that did something very similar yes. to this. Yeah. They, and he only got he only yeah. got caught a couple of years ago as well. Like, oh, fucking idols, the pair of them. Honestly, the, the Spanish civil servant is, is even better in my book because he, like, he literally just did nothing to get paid. This guy put in some work. The Spanish civil servant was just like, oh, I'm just not going to do anything. And we'll see how long it takes him to notice. And yeah, Fucking it's like deals. that 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 guy proved that if you just don't draw attention to yourself, you can get away with some absolutely fucking outrageous shit. And good on him, absolutely good on him. But uh, to conclude our news nuggets tonight, I have a I have a story that I have been waiting to tell. I've been very excited for this story because it is the ultimate example of a dipshit getting way out deep and not realising just how fucked he is until I, I, the I think of we started uh, the episode a with submarine. A of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to tell you about a little court case that's winding its way through New York District Court 
um, known as Mata v Avancia Inc. Um, it is a very important court case. And I'm dead serious, it's actually setting precedent as it goes. And uh, you, we'll, we'll get to why if you just like humor me. Let me set the stage for you, Will. So it goes like this. Um, a lawsuit was filed by a, nan a man named Roberto Mata against the airline Avancia. Um, and in the process of this, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a real just kind of like um, small petty court claim, like personal injury kind of shit, right? And so he hired some yeah, fairly reputable lawyers to turn the handle with this. You know, not exactly big names, but the sort of people who, if you were the kind of person who was just looking to get paid out from an airline, you'd, you'd probably pick them up. You know, no, not exactly no win, no fee, but perhaps not the most um, prestigious, if you will. Unfortunately, he's probably paying for that effect because um, at, there was a gentleman working for Mata called Stephen A. Schwartz. And he, you know, was called before the docket and had to, you know, argue his case um, it, before the court of um, P. Kevin Castell, the name of the judge. And they, they wanted some, you know, basically very boring questions of technical law were asked of him. So he did what any enterprising man who's got a lot of cases to get through and who, you know, sees the march of technology and can smell the, wind, the way the wind's blowing would do. And he asked ChatGPT for help. Oh, this fucking guy. Oh, this? This fucking yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the king. <laughs> so, um, the, the, the absolute amazing part of this is he filed a, a brief, and his brief cited no less than eight separate cases, as best I understand it, um, that impinged on like commercial aviation law, that set precedent for commercial aviation law. And, uh, you know, sounds fine. It's great. Um, he, he, you know, he's citing them very clearly and effectively. They're making his case. It's all great. Until the opposing counsel actually paused to read it and went, oh, I don't know those cases. We should probably look them up. Because, you know, competent attorney, basic thing to do is when you don't know a case, go look it up on the law docket, you know? I mean, it's not like these things are hidden and archaic. Like, they're matters of public record. So you can go read the judge's opinion, which is kind of important. Um, and they all have numbers associated with them too that you can stick into the system and that allows you to find them and read them, right? So just like the most cursory of lawyer Googling would have uncovered the problem here, but our man didn't even fucking bother. He just went, yeah, that looks right to me. Let's go. Um, none of the cases existed. None of them. And so there is an absolutely perplexed injunction, you know, motion filed by the, uh, the opposition basically going, um, uh, dear judge, we don't think these cases actually exist. And then what's great about this is the judge, the judge is just a real one because his opening gambit is just to be incredibly confused by this because it's never happened before. Because what you might not realize is that if you are a lawyer before the court, more or less anywhere, but especially in New York, you have sworn an oath to be true and honest in your dealings with the court and to represent things to the best of your knowledge as they actually are. And here is a guy filing, you know, under federal statute, um, a motion claiming that law exists that doesn't, and this is this is this is such basic stuff that honestly I'm not even sure how deeply they cover it um, in courses when they're teaching people to be lawyers because who the fuck just makes up law and tries to get it by a trial judge? The answer: ChatGPT by Elon Musk. Um, so the judge, who's initially just very confused. 
um, asks him to cite, you know, can you actually produce these, please? And then grows increasingly just, like, stunned and, like, confused. And then finally he issues what's known as an order to show cause, which is basically, like, him turning around and going, uh, excuse me, what the actual fuck? And I want to just read this order to you because I think it gets across the state of mind of the judge pretty clearly. So, the court is presented with an unprecedented circumstance. A submission filed by plaintiff's counsel in opposition to a motion to dismiss is replete with citations to non-existent cases. When the circumstance was called to the court's attention by opposing counsel, the court issued orders requiring plaintiff's counsel to provide an affidavit annexing copies of certain judicial opinions of courts of records cited in his submission, and he has complied. Six of the submitted cases appear to be bogus judicial decisions with bogus quotes and bogus internal citations. So when the guy got caught, he doubled down and got ChatGPT to produce basically false, like, you know, opinions in total. Set forth below is an order to show cause why plaintiff's counsel ought not to be sanctioned. Um, the court begins with a more complete description of what is meant by a non-existent or bogus opinion. And he goes through and just kind of lays out exactly what it means to just basically attempt to defraud the court and sets a deadline for it. Um, and as you might be able to guess, dipshit here, our friend, has got nothing. He's got absolutely nothing. It's so bad that his own law firm hang him out to dry pretty much instantaneously and make a groveling apology before the judge to explain that we don't, we've got no idea where this came from. This guy's like way out on a limb and the guy has to go get his own opposing counsel. And he's at the point where he's basically justifying and, and trying to argue to the judge that uh, please, please don't make me not be a lawyer and send me to actual federal prison. Please, I'm begging you. And so, uh, yeah, let's just all enjoy the power of ChatGPT and the joys that it brings us. It sure is revolutionising a bunch of sectors of society, isn't it? Hmm. Hmm. That's that's the way you see that, yeah. Oh boy, heretofore unseen human terrors. <laughs> and uh, and with that, we've finished our little, uh, you know, delve into the depths of dipshits who are completely fucked. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great time to be alive. I'm loving it. I want to go back to the submarine briefly. Apparently, it took them eight hours to notify the Coast Guard that they'd lost this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Were they just sitting there going, oh, it'll, any minute, it'll be back up any minute. We don't it'll need to worry. Up. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, panic. What's the worst that could happen? It's all so good. Every, like, just, every single detail that has come out about this fucking submersible has just been a nice just little morsel on today our day of posting yeah it's 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 just <laughs> it's, this is a what a, this, the, it's been just a, a happy day of posting we don't get that many of from, these anymore but yeah from from the actual like nature of the controller they were using to the fact that they were passing it around to the fact that the ballast was activated by rolling around like a fucking dog in the back seat of a car. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's great. It's great posting as well, because as you flagged up earlier, Alistair, like it's bringing out all the usual people to give the most dipshit, stupid opinions on the face of the earth, including that guy who asked ChatGPT for a plan to deal with this situation. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just absolutely amazing. Like, you know, 
Step one, assess the situation. Step two, coordinate rescue resources. Step three, deploy rescue vessels. Step four, implement our rescue plan. Step five, execute the rescue operation. <laughs> they should be try doing that or something close to it. It's like, yes, absolutely. Step six, have you tried mark, rescuing mark, the submarine? Mark, step seven, profit. <laughs> Has Elon Honestly, Musk tried, only... tried calling someone a nonce yet just to make sure that this, everything goes the right way? Yeah, he's... He's building a giant cave to go and rescue the people from the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <coughs> Truly a blessed day. Unreal. Oh, we didn't actually mention, sorry, we didn't actually mention the Blink-182 thing earlier, Jamie. I've just realised. Yeah, it was just the um, the British billionaire's stepson uh, is currently like at a Blink-182 show somewhere. Um, and he like posted about how you know he hopes the rescue operation to save his stepdad's going well, and then posted a photo of himself outside the merch stand, saying that like you know his family would understand him being here because it's like his emotional support Blink One Eight Two concert, <laughs> and then he's also apparently he's also apparently tagging members of the band on Twitter, like you know hoping that they'll bring him backstage to to talk about like oh holy shit we get to meet the the like submarine dipshit stepson <laughs> <laughs> it's so good so yeah um by the time that uh, this episode's out and you've heard all this we will know their fate um yeah <laughs> about 10 10 a.m um on thursday is when the oxygen will have run out if they have not been found um and if indeed oxygen is still a going concern for them so uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, just just as an FYI, just just for when you're listening to this, we are still not the news agents, and we are still not doing an emergency podcast. So fuck out the fuck that noise. <laughs> oh yeah, and and just listener, you must join us in praying for them all to die. You really must. And the reason for this is, if they fucking survive, there will be a fucking insufferable film made out about it guaranteed so uh, i'm sorry for the good of the human race they must die yeah but you know swings and roundabouts we'll get a, probably get a cultural committee out of it in like a couple of years so you know who knows <laughs> <laughs> who can see if it's bad or not <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh fuck off right um have they tried sending jason statham down there <laughs> Oh dear. Right, I am going to um, enforce an article on all of you now. This is titled Don't Blame the Elites Alone for Populism in the Financial Times by Janan Ganesh. <laughs> oh, that motherfucker. That motherfucker, yes. Soon after Jerry Springer died last month Oh my god! Another sandy-haired 70-something with a Germanic name continued his work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give this dipshit all the fucking Pulitzers. <laughs> While Springer's platform was daytime television, Donald Trump's was no less than CNN. Where Springer had to coax tasteless behaviour from his guests, Trump supplied it himself. Brackets. He variously called women... The new sentence, brackets... He variously called women nasty and crazy on May 10th to cheers from a live audience, close bracket. While Springer performed his role with a sense of ironic distance, Trump couldn't be playing for higher stakes. One famous old epigram is the wrong way round then. Sometimes history appears first as farce, then as tragedy. 
What? <sighs> yeah. The mistake is so to, to this blame guy, the broadcaster. Idioms were just things that happened to other people, weren't they? <laughs> the mistake is to blame the broadcaster. Yes, CNN could have denied Trump a stage last week, but to what end? It wouldn't change the underlying fact that lots of people find the man amusing. Headlines such as, what was CNN thinking and really CNN, imply that responsible adults are failing to stop Trump, that he is the product of negligent elites. I mean, I mean, yeah. side, yes. side yes. note, by the way, the, the guy who organised this CNN town hall was fired afterwards, partly because of this stunt. Ugh. This is always the way with analysis of the former president. Three elites in particular get the blame. One is the media. If only Facebook and Twitter policed the misinformation on their platforms, if only Fox News developed a conscience, if only journalists fact-checked Trump, brackets, oh how the CNN anchor Caitlin Collins tried. If only Another. lollipops grew out of the ground and the air was made of marshmallows. <laughs> Another is the Republican Party itself. If only congressional leaders such as Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell stood up to Trump. If only his rival Ron DeSantis attacked him directly instead of obliquely. If only the Republicans hadn't <laughs> indulged the Tea Party, Newt Gingrich, and other forerunners of Trumpist politics. Oh, I should I should have kept my powder dry on the lollipops growing out of the ground thing because that's way more believable than Ron DeSantis attacking anyone directly. <laughs> uh, what if Ron DeSantis gave him some gummy nips? Yeah, I'm sure that would have done the fucking trick. <laughs> going to be so funny when they get to the fucking like you know what i mean when the the, the debates happen and trump is like on, on fucking like live stream from a prison cell and he's still like <laughs> battering fuck out of desantis by calling him rob <laughs> hey <laughs> eating a prison issue pudding cup in front of him yeah um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a third culprit is scare quotes neoliberalism and its enthusiasts if only their policies well, had neoliberalism enthusiast <laughs> if only their They've policies got all their albums <laughs> if only their policies hadn't beggared the industrial heartlands if only jobs hadn't been offshored to china if only unions hadn't been left to wither in all three cases there is some veneer of truth but in all three veneer cases, veneer of truth. Uh huh. Okay, so. But in, but in all three cases, little choice or power is attributed to voters. Are this you fucking to do with kidding a veneer me? Of clever. Yeah. Hey, remember all those times where we could vote to not have capitalism? Those were great votes. I'm glad you all decided to keep this fucking system around. I mean, I mean, come on. This is literally like the fucking United States, where you literally have two choices, and like, like, not even like a. Fucking mealy mouthed alternatives. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm sorry, Al Alistair. Marianne Williamson is very upset at your aura here. Your vibes are really harshing her. I just think that's incredibly unfair. <laughs> yeah, well, she can go shag and all for all I care. <laughs> the elites are always accused of holding the general public in contempt. This gets it exactly wrong. The elites will go through can you great intellect. Get something exactly wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, you can build a submarine. 
The elites will go through great intellectual contortions to avoid blaming the public for the state of politics. It is themselves they find at fault, whether for inventing social media and failing to regulate it, or for allowing Trump to take over an institution as, as august as the GOP. This man's or, brain has been turned to mush by the fucking Russia, like, influenced all these elections shit, hasn't it? Because, like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was going on Facebook other than the actual mainstream media news that was being published and then like retweeted and all that shit? Like this is an atmosphere that was created by the fucking people that he literally a part of. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Um. Or for letting the market rip. On the surface, this all sounds like humility and contrition. In fact, it is its own kind of arrogance. The premise, after all, is that everything in the world is a result of what is done, or not done, by elites. It treats the people as an inert blob with no agency of their own. In exonerating them, it infantilises them. So, right, what, once again, I ask, you know, what to... is to be done, but also what... what... What were we? What genuinely? What were we supposed to do about all these things? Like, I mean, yeah, technically we could vote, but like we could vote to get rid of capitalism. Like we couldn't vote to get rid of the House of Lords. So there's there's like whole reams of of things that we are explicitly, certainly in the UK, that you are like explicitly banned from having well, like any kind of fucking maybe, opinion on. Maybe he's suggesting an armed uprising. It I'd, sounds like it. Yeah, I think the guy is clearly like. Do you know what I mean? Staking out a claim that what what the world needs is like a violent revolution. <laughs> a a bold take from the Guardian. <laughs> the FT. Welcome <laughs> to the resistance, Comrade Ganesh. Um, <laughs> a more honest account of events would go like this. A large minority of the public need no manipulation to vote for populism. While some have no. obvious grievances, not all do. Brackets, I am waiting to hear from economic determinists why lots of prosperous people voted for Trump and why, in the UK, the home counties voted for Brexit. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I thought the Red Wall voted for Brexit. (laughs) That's different, though. Don't don't complicate his argument, please. It's very important you don't do that. I mean... Well, I'm gonna fucking do it. (laughs) <laughs> we have we have had in the lot like up and if until he, if he's got a problem recently, with that he can meet me behind Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> we had up until recently uh basically unbroken stretch of these two things are the same they are the only things you can vote for fuck you if you want anything else and yes the results of that situation have left some people rather upset understandably and mm. thank thank god the elites that uh, have no power to do anything but um, cater to the whims of voters at all times have uh, managed to find some nerve, some backbone to actually crush the uh, the like the Bernie Sanders, the Jeremy Corbyns across both both sides of the pond to make sure that we can return to the same shit we had before. Awesome. Yeah, yes, I, I... this is the voters' fault. I love it when the liberal centrists just, you know, think like, look, we don't want to get into in, into bed with these weird populists, but, you know, that Georgia Maloney, she looks very normal. What if we just form a government with her? That's fucking fine. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean a, it's, they, they were all perfectly willing to put up with fucking Johnson and every other dickhead associated with him for, you know, the, the, the small, small price of getting rid of Jeremy Corbyn's label. So, 
you know. I mean, it is is literally a tale as old as time. Like liberals hate socialists more than fascists. Like this is mm-hmm. like it's etched in your fucking DNA when you put FBPE in your fucking profile. Yeah. Um. He continues. Yes, there is such a thing as elite mismanagement, and it can explain why a voter might, with a heavy heart, try a radical alternative. <laughs> Hello, oh, yes, I'm a voter and I would like something, literally anything else than what is currently available to me. I will take anything. Whoops, that is that someone is actually extraordinarily right wing, but at least they don't they're not in hock to all these extremely tedious fucking bores that want to bat you over the head for saying things like, I don't think I should have to work every single day of the year. I just, I mean, I, I love that the, the premise of this is that, look, it's the public's, like, you know, fault. They are responsible for all of this. Mm-hmm. But also, yes, we gave them cause. Like, it's, it's just no no consistency, nothing. It's all just pure rhetoric, all sound and fury. Tone. Only tone. All right. Oh, you want shit. tone? Do you want tone? Oh, no. Um, oh, no. I'm blowing the dog whistle ex- right now. It cannot explain why someone might giggle as an accuser of sexual assault is called a, quote, whack job by a former president. No, that is a straightforward case of civic irresponsibility or nihilism. The people understander has logged on. So, so we, when, it is understandable that at some point a lot of people got very fed up with the being fed the same slop for 20 years and then literally everything in their lives being immiserated and we were you know it was supposed to be able to to, to understand that you know that the, 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 uh, that with a heavy heart we might try something radical and different whether you know of the whatever let's go as so far as to say of the boris johnson variety or of the uh, jeremy corbyn variety let's treat those two the same even though they are completely not so yeah. Doing that is understandable and that we might do it, but actually pulling the lever is civic irresponsibility. So what we should have done responsibly in the last UK election, for example, is all vote Lib Dem. That was the only sense. Is that what, is that what we should have done? Sorry, no, what, what he's doing here is he's, um, he's trying to draw a parallel here between just because someone um, you know, felt they were forced to vote for some sort of radical means that they're actually just as bad as the worst type of radical. There is no difference between them. Do not look into that. Um, and, and that's the problem. You were duped if you ever considered change was possible, and you also became synonymous with the worst people out. Just normal thinking. So, again, I, I, I ask, like, what, what, what were we supposed to do? Like if it's if it's all our fault, what what was I supposed to do? What was Shut anybody up listening? Shut take it. Armed uprising. He's already said this. <laughs> yeah, rise up yeah. with your FT forty seven and get going. Blaming the elites alone is soothing because it offers the illusion of control. What? So what? How does? Sorry, I am powerless, and the world is going to shit through elite mismanagement, and I'm angry about this, and and being. Like, the anger driven by my despair is an act of control? What no, are it's you... the illusion like, of control. You're not, you're not yeah. actually how? in control. It just makes you feel but that you how, are. 
How does how does feeling despair and anger and righteous fury at the decline of the world give me a sense of control? It's the fucking opposite. It's derived oh, from I'm things. sure glad that I've identified my oppressor. I feel much better now. Because he thinks <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory. It's like the way how people, like, you know what I mean? People don't, like, don't want to accept the fact that their life is complete dog shit because they keep voting for the people who promise to make it worse. They want to believe that it's immigrants taking all the jobs. You know, they don't want to believe that like kids are being fucked by the rich and the powerful. They want to believe that it's immigrants fucking all the kids and so on and so forth. And they, they do that because it gives them a fee. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if you face up to the fact that like, yeah, okay, you, you work, you know what I mean? You work for a living and it's shit and you're, you're never fucking happy. And you one like the one light in your life is getting shit faced drunk on a Friday and a Saturday. And you know what I mean? There's no way you can get out of that because like the system is rigged against ever changing anything. Um, you, but you need to not feel like that. So instead, you believe that like chemtrails are making the fucking frogs gay or some shit, and then you feel that you're cleverer than everyone else and you're above it all. It, it's the class, and that's why he thinks this applies here as well. People who believe but, that like no, the government is fucking the government is fucking you over are buying into that for the same reason that conspiracy theorists believe that like Denver Airport is a horse for Satanism or some shit. But he's he's literally in this article like fessed up and owned the fact that yeah there is like elite mismanagement that exists. So elite mismanagement or, exists, but if you blame the elites for mismanaging things, you're buying into a conspiracy theory to make yourself feel better about the world. He what? he does it. Ex- he does expound on this. So if the okay. cause of populism is top down, the solution must be too. It is just a question of finding and applying a technocratic fix. The alternative interpretation. <gasps> Wait, that modern sorry, politics no, no, is look, right. Stop. <laughs> yeah, you need to no, I, I need a fucking <laughs> Right. So my whole adult life, right? All of it. Literally from the moment I was sort of politically vaguely aware or, you know, still stupid, but I was sort of, I was reading the papers. All my adult life, nothing but nothing, all of it has been one fucking technocratic fix after another. We were always told that the best, you know, we could tame the markets, we could do everything perfectly, but we just have to tweak the right numbers, we just have to dial the right levers, we just have to nudge you fucking swine into the right corners. You, you know, wouldn't eat the burgers, but the responsible bio crap or whatever, like, we... Everything in my life has de- devolved down. We've created a system also like it, where where the, 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 the fixes, the things that, that work in our society, we've all pushed them so far out of the bounds of the political process. Fucking central banking is a technocratic fix that was put in to say, oh, well, you know, the swine are too stupid to handle the economy. So I put it, we took a technocratic fix. Look at the fucking state of the world where you live in now. And you say the answer is more of this? More? Yes. More of more we tried neoliberalism, <clears throat> and now we're all out of ideas. So I, more neoliberalism. I so listen. Elite, Windows XP had a lot of patches. Yeah, so, so like why the, not this too? The, the elites have mismanaged, and now the solutions for the elites not to mismanage. You know, and what was the form of this the mismanagement? Well, they clearly just didn't do enough technocracy to us. So now more has to follow. All makes sense. <sighs> Please pay no attention to the blood leaking from my nostrils as I'm speaking right now. Yeah, no, the I'm... alternative interpretation that modern politics is more like a team sport than anything rational, and that Trump is one team's beloved captain, commanding unqualified fealty for as long as he is around, is much scarier. 
It suggests a problem with the demos itself, one that exists before, outside and above the doings of the governing class. This is all, look, the proles are fucking animalistic and driven by passions and ultimately illogical children and they need to be shepherded and controlled by a stern shepherd who's not afraid to spare the rod lest we spoil the child this is the model of politics and it just it just happens to coincidentally justify why my class and its interest should always be perpetually in control i see no these actors with this. aren't rational <laughs> Yes, the market depends on rational actors. However, the vast majority of the population are irrational actors. The solution is to question mark, question mark, question mark, we're in control. Yeah. Yep. Why? I mean, like, I'll, I'll, can, I, can, I just, can I just ask, are we nearly at the end of this article? Yes. Because a second article has hit the Blink-182, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, right hold, right, hold on. We'll, we'll rattle through this, then we'll get an update. Why... If neoliberalism is the cause of demagoguery, did Joseph McCarthy flourish in the statist egalitarian 1950s? Oh my f- <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Someone needs to turn this cunt off and back on again. <laughs> <laughs> if eminent Republicans were to find courage and oppose Trump, brackets, as plenty did in 2016, oh my. how would that stop the rank and file backing him in the primaries anyway? As oh for the media... <laughs> as for the media... I love what how if the, it does how the more, matter Rob gets the more he sounds like a heffalump. It's great. Carry on. What if it does more to uncover populist sentiment in a country than to create it? A generation ago, it was talk radio that was held to be the radicaliser of millions. It did! That moral panic. It, that's that moral where we panic, got fucking Rush Limbaugh from. That's how, where you got George Bush from. That's, it literally, it did that. It partly... Ah. No, Rob, Rob, that was a moral panic which treated the audience as helpless children. So do the re- <laughs> so do the recriminations against CNN. At some point, the demand for fake news oh, will get as much scrutiny as the precise means of supply. Oh, End of article. <laughs> I'm glad fake news yeah. is making a comeback. By the way, that's like the fucking demon from the grave that doesn't fucking go anywhere. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Look at this garden of weeds that is causing more weeds to come up as they blow their seeds everywhere. Huh. I suppose this has no relation whatsoever to the talk radio seeds that were planted about a generation ago. Nah, don't think so at all. Clearly they're not spreading by being seeded by hand, so that meant they never were seeded by hand. I am very smart. I'm just, like, going to this guy just blaming the public for like the like neoliberalism delivering us to a point where you can just be in like an in- increasingly shittier level of shitty person to uh, hold the reins of power like across the globe and i'm just i just can't help but think of the phrase but like stafford beer's uh, purpose of a system being what it does mm. if a neoliberal state just continually delivers right-wing psychopaths that want to make everything worse for everybody and completely curtail any sort of social, like, libertarianism, if you'd like, lowercase l there. Um, you know, like, maybe, maybe the system is a shit one, and that is possibly something worth considering. 
Counterpoint Alistair, if a rule has led you to this outcome, it's good. It's all fine. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, the, yeah, the point of rules is to follow them blindly. Yeah. Yeah, right. So enough of all that shit, though, right? <laughs> There's an article here from the 2nd of July, 2021. What to know about the man who threatened a massacre at Elenium's Las Vegas trilogy show? What? An individual involved in the rave community, Brian Zaz, was exposed for stalking and harassing various women in the community, as well as terroristic threats. <laughs> and this is the son. Yeah, the stepson, the stepson. Yeah. yeah. Or at least it's the guy who was claiming on like fucking Twitter and Facebook to be the stepson. It really Has is anyone actually... small things, isn't it? Has anyone actually confirmed that it is? Oh, I have but... no fucking clue. Um... But yeah, the individual was exposed via a viral thread on Twitter, sending excessive amounts of DMs and tweeting threats and dangerous messages to women in the community. Brian seemed to be tweeting at these women for attention, yet things quickly took a dark turn when in late June, the individual started tweeting dangerous threats at a woman who had rejected him for not paying attention to him or tweeting back to him. The individual's Twitter accounts have since been deleted, but a few have been saved via screenshot. After being called out for harassment by women in the rave community, Brian Zaz tweeted a storm of threats, namely threatening a massacre at the events that are happening in Las Vegas this weekend, including excision on July twenty, uh, July 2nd and 3rd and Millennium's Trilogy show on July 3rd. Brian tweeted, It was funny that the women who called him out think they're safe this weekend at Trilogy and that he'll see them there. These are serious threats that members of the community did not take lightly and both excision and Millennium's teams were notified and took action. So he seems like a real winner. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, at least he'll stand to, like, inherit billions, I assume. Yeah. Um, his Ooh. tickets were revoked. Security was amplified. Uh, he'd been arrested for stalking and in custody of the San Diego PD. He'd been charged with a felony with a $100,000 bail. I mean, hmm. I'm genuinely not sure if we should be surprised by this because, you know, it's billionaires and their offspring. Like... Is it, though? No, I don't think the offspring were involved, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. All right, so that, that'll, that'll do us for this episode. And, uh, yeah, um, everyone direct your thoughts, uh, whatever they may be, towards the ocean. Um, the mm. good vibes must go to the orcas. Yeah, do do send thoughts and prayers, but you know, be precise. Thoughts and malicious them. and malicious will. Um, you can get uh, bonus episodes for this podcast at patreon.com forward slash praxiscast. You can get merch at praxiscast.tml.com and you can see the streams, which are Wednesdays and Thursdays, which is twitch.tv forward slash praxiscast. So do join us for them, do wear the clothes and do sub on the Twitch and that'll, that'll do us. Um, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Right. Right. Bye. See ya. Amen. Oh, I'm